When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. And we are on episode 298. In today's episode, we're going to talk about too many trades versus too few trades. We've got a guy who wants to become a full-time trader. He's looking at making the move in the next two to three years. And he's wanting to know what's the benefits of trading with just a couple of trades versus trading with a bunch of trades. And we're going to get to all of that here. This guy wants to be called Big Ed. And Big Ed writes, hi, Ryan. You can call me Big Ed. My ultimate goal is to become a full-time trader, but I am easing into it and learning as much as I possibly can and taking my time. Currently, I am eight months deep into my journey. Hopefully, I can make the move within the next two to three years. In the meantime, I am trying to absorb all of the best educational materials that I can find. Your podcast has been very helpful. Please keep up the great work. Well, I appreciate you consider my podcast some of the best educational materials that you've been able to find so far. That really does mean a lot. Big Ed goes on to write, I have a full-time job, so I keep about two small trades going at any given time with stop losses, of course. My question is, as a full-time trader, how many trades are you usually in at one time? What do you feel are the advantages of being involved in many trades at once versus just a few? Take care and have a Merry Christmas. Big Ed. All right, Big Ed, I appreciate the kind words and the thoughtful question. And what am I drinking today? Well, I've got myself some Breckenridge bourbon whiskey. It's an 86 proof drink. That means it's 43% alcohol. And I've never had this bourbon before and kind of excited about trying it because I see it at the stores all the time. I just never bought it before. Now, when I give this thing a good whiff, definitely could pick up on the honey. That's pretty much the dominant smell that I pick up on. But to the taste, at first I couldn't figure out what the heck I was tasting there. And then I realized it was almost like a banana bread kind of a flavor. It's not bad. But I wouldn't necessarily say it's great. It's very subtle flavors throughout. And then you get like a pinch of spice right there at the end. Not a ton. Nothing to get excited about. Remember, it's 86 proof. So this isn't like a 100 proof drink where you're going to feel that you know punch in the gut at all. This has got a, just a pinch of spice there at the end. And then there was this like weird flavor and I couldn't figure out what it was. It wasn't overly appealing to me. Maybe for some it would be. But it had some kind of like taste that I knew I didn't like. And then I figured out what it was. It was burnt toast. Sucker has a burnt toast flavor to it. 
alongside the banana bread. So maybe it's like a bourbon with notes of burnt banana bread. Huh? That's pretty much the best that I can do on it. Scale of 0 to 10. I struggled with this one because I don't think it's necessarily worthy of being in the fives. It is drinkable. I do consider it better than water at a 4.3. I'm going to give it a 6.1. Would I consider it an everyday sipper? No. I'm not going to drink this every day, nor would I want to. At that point, I'm probably going to start hydrating myself more regularly if I had to do that. But overall, 6.1, not bad, not horrible to try if you're at a bar and everything's too expensive. Maybe try Breckenridge. It's okay. I mean, it, it won't be the worst bourbon you ever have. So 6.1 for a Breckenridge bourbon whiskey. Now, back to Big Ed here. One of the things that I noticed right off the gate that he said that he's easing into learning as much as he possibly can about trading, and that's a good thing. You know, you want to take the time to absorb what you're learning along the way. Oftentimes think that, you know what, if you try to hydrate yourself through a fire hydrant, you're going to be surprised at how much of the water you don't retain or how much you don't actually drink. It's just going to blow you away. But if you get your water from a slow dripping faucet, you're going to be able to keep most of that water, if not all of it, that comes through that faucet. The point is trying to get too much too quickly or just simply trying to absorb all the information that's out there all at once, it's going to be difficult to apply it all and it's also going to be very difficult to remember a lot of it. So easing into it is a good thing. What kind of concerns me a little bit is that he wants to make the full-time trade within the next two to three years from his full-time job and that can be a pretty fast accelerated pace that he's going on. So he's easing into it but he's going to quickly get out of his full-time job within the next two to three years. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, two to three years, you can learn a lot. You can, but two to three years may not give you all the necessary experiences that you need to be equipped to handling the markets. Now, he's only been trading for eight months, which puts him back to about you know February or March of this year. And that means he's really never been part of a bull market yet. And eventually he will. I mean, maybe this recession goes on for three years. I doubt it. And assuming that it doesn't go on for three years, he'll likely see a bull market and an opportunity to capitalize to the upside, right? So he's still missing that part of it. He's also missing the kind of year like 2015, where the market just turned sideways the entire year. And that was a difficult year for a lot of traders, just because there was never really any true direction. You've seen that with the Russell 2000 at times too, prior to this massive sell-off. The Russell 2000 spent trading sideways for a good amount of time. I want to say it was like seven or eight months or so before it finally had a breakdown. And so let's say you were exclusively trading the small cap Russell 2000 index. Well, you were trading sideways for a long time and you were having to fade the extremes of that price in order to make a profit. So Big Ed here, he needs to see more of the markets and whether or not he can get that within two to three years remains to be seen. But even if you do get the bull market experience along with the bear market experience from this year, bear markets don't come along all the time. It's also worth seeing what happens when the market's really not doing anything. And that does happen a little bit more frequently than a bear market. And it doesn't hurt to go through multiple bear markets. It doesn't hurt to go through multiple bull markets and sideways markets because none of them are the same. 2008 isn't like 2000. 2000's not like 2022. There's a lot of similarities. And I try to point those out and like my YouTube channel and everything else, the similarities that I'm seeing between the different sell-offs. But are they the same? No. Usually the catalyst, the price action, they're very different. And they all have their own personality. It's kind of like kids, right? You can have four or five kids. They all look like each other because they're brothers and sisters coming from the same parents. But they all have their own personalities. One's outgoing. One's introverted. One's a little rebellious where the other 
toes the line and is a do-gooder. And so all bull markets have different personalities, have different characteristics, as do the bear markets and as do the sideways markets. So it's good to build up those experiences. Two to three years, maybe you'll get enough. Okay, I'm not going to count anybody out, but I will say this. Going from part-time trading to full-time trading is very difficult. It's very hard. And again, I don't want to say you can't do it, but realize the task and the challenge that you're putting upon yourself. And that's why it's important to have a side gig because a side gig will actually help you to buffer some of the learning curve that comes with trading full-time. A lot of people have this idea that trading full-time means that you can't do anything else. Well, if you're a swing trader full-time, there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of boredom in swing trading. So it's good to have side gigs, especially side gigs that you can monetize because the monetization will help buffer some of the requirements that comes with full-time trading, and that is making a full-time living off of full-time trading. The more you can buffer that with a side gig, the better off you'll be. And don't worry what people think of you for saying, hey, I'm a full-time trader that has a side gig that's making money. They're like, well, that's not true, true full-time trading. Well, who cares? Who are you doing it for? Their approval or are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it for your family? Are you doing it to provide a living? My gosh, if you can make money full-time trading and you can have like a hobby or a craft or a gig, maybe it's playing at the bars at night, right? Maybe it's doing dual pianos at the local pub. But if you can do that, make some money and you're enjoying what you're doing, is it really work? No, you're just doing it because you can. And it helps you out from a stress level standpoint with your swing trading. So I'm, I'm a huge proponent of side gigs. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I don't like the idea of trying to put these arbitrary numbers of two to three years. I want to be done. I want to be full-time trained because then that could push you into making a decision you're not quite ready for. Instead, keep learning, keep practicing, keep gaining those experiences. And when you're ready, then pull the trigger on the full-time trading. But don't push yourself to have to do it within a set time frame because then that's just putting unnecessary pressure on you to be able to do something that may or may not be possible. You know, what if you have a, God forbid, like a family member that requires a lot of extra help and you have to take about four or five months away from the market to be able to attend to their needs or to help them out or something? Well, that's time that you're not getting from the stock market in terms of experiences. But on the other hand, making sure that your family member is taken care of, that they're being looked after is much more important than gaining the experiences for full-time trading. That's priorities. And so there's a lot of unexpected things that happen in life. It's very difficult to project what's going to happen in the next week, much less in the next two to three years. Heck, just the other day, I thought, okay, I'm going to get X, Y, and Z done today. And daggummit, if the audio on my computer didn't go out, and then I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. I go to Best Buy. I get more speakers. Those speakers don't work with it. I get another set of speakers. Those speakers don't work with it. I go back a third time to get speakers. Those speakers don't work. I found out that the computer that I bought, the speakers that I was using before, they were Bluetooth. So I was never actually plugging them into my computer. I later came to find out that this super expensive computer that I bought, they'd never 
actually installed the drivers for whatever I needed to be able to run the audio on the back ports of my computer. Now, combined, I probably wasted about nine hours that day, didn't get anything done that I wanted to, and that's the thing about life. What we plan and what we think isn't necessarily how life plays out. Now, you might have heard me in other podcasts. I've also said that, you know, growing up, my dad, he used to recite the Proverbs to me all the time, and I've retained a lot of them. I still read the book of Proverbs all the time in the Bible. But in Proverbs 16, 9, it says, A man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And so we can plan all these things that we're going to do with our life in the next two to three years, but oftentimes life takes a completely different route. So keep learning, keep practicing, keep gaining those experiences, but don't put a cap on when you have to be done and move on and transition into full-time trading. Now, actually about his email here, because this is oftentimes what happens is I get on these tangents with these emails and, and it's usually not about the actual question that's being asked, but before I get into that, make sure to subscribe to SwingTradingTheStockMarket.com. You're going to get all sorts of really good information from me, my stock market research, my videos that I do multiple times a day, providing you analysis on the overall market, on the big tech stocks, stocks that I'm watching, watch lists that are updated regularly. You're going to want to check this out. It supports the podcast, SwingTradingTheStockMarket.com. Now, how many trades do I usually have going in my portfolio at one time. That's going to depend on the market. So a bear market, I'm much more cautious. I'm much more patient than I am in a bull market. Now that doesn't mean I'm impatient in a bull market, but I'm much more aggressive in a bull market. Bear market, I often find myself in cash waiting for those one or two trades that come along over the course of a week or a month that I can pounce on. So in a bull market, I might make, you know, 25 to 30 trades in a given month. In a bear market, I might be only making eight to 12 trades in a given month, sometimes even less. I've gone during the course of this year, I've actually gone like a couple of weeks without making a trade. And that can be frustrating even for me at times because I do like trading. I do want to make the trades, but the one thing I don't want to do is take on unnecessary losses. So in a bear market, I have to often be much more patient with the entries than I am in a bull market. Bull markets are much more forgiving, just like what we saw in 2020 through 2021, where so many new traders came into the market and they made a, a buttload of money. And then the bear market of 2022 comes around and they lose it all because the bear market will destroy you if you're not using risk management. Bull markets tend to be a little bit more forgiving. Bear markets will bring to light the weaknesses in your trading. So in a bull market, on average, I usually have about four to seven trades on at once. That can be about 40 to 80% of my capital being deployed on average. In a bear market, I'm usually either cash or one or two positions with a short bias. So that means I have far less exposure and much more cash in a bear market than what I would in a bull market. And why is that? In a bull market, you have low volatility levels. You're not seeing the market go up two, 3% in a given day. You're seeing the market go up a quarter percent, a half percent. And it does it multiple times throughout the course of a week or a month. And you get some pretty decent gains from it. And because the volatility is much lower, you can afford to have more positions working for you at once. But in a bear market where you can actually see the market drop 5 or 6% in a given day, man, if you're on the wrong side of the trade, whether you're, it's long or short because bear markets have dead cap bounces, you stand to lose a ton of money. So in the bear market, I let the volatility do the work for me. I take fewer positions 
and let the volatility that's inherent in the market during bearish times do the heavy lifting for me. Because the more trades you have, the more exposure you have. And the more trades that you have, oftentimes it's because of the fact that you're trying to catch up with something, trying to catch up with the market for the month, the week, the year. There's an index that you're pegging your performance to. But you got to be careful about actively tracking against the indices each and every day because if you get behind on a day or a week or, or whatever it might be, you're going to start forcing trades that's not there simply because you want to get back ahead of the market. It's like in a race. What do you do when you start falling behind the leader? You push down on that accelerator a little bit harder. You take those turns a little bit tighter. And in the process, you're increasing your risk. You're increasing the chances that you might go right into the wall and crash. So careful about putting on extra trades because you simply want to catch up with the market. Be careful about actively tracking your portfolio against the market every day. I know when you log into like Fidelity, for instance, it always wants to tell you what you're doing against the market. I don't really track myself against the market. I'll look at it at the end of the year. I'll see how I did from a day-to-day or a week-to-week. Yeah, I I tend to know whether or not, okay, if the market's down 5% on the week and I'm up 3%, okay, I know I'm beating the market then and everything, but do I really track it? Do I really want to follow? Okay, how am I doing day-to-day, day-to-day, month-to-month, week-to-week? No, I don't really do that, and I don't feel like I need to because really what I'm focused on is the things that matter to the market. market doesn't care how I'm doing against it. It really doesn't. It doesn't know who I am, doesn't know about my portfolio, doesn't know about my positions. We sometimes think it does because we're so enamored ourselves in what our portfolio is doing, the returns that it's providing, that we actually think the market cares about it, but it doesn't. What I care about are the trades, making good trades. It's like I said, if you manage the risk, the profits will take care of themselves. If I manage the risk, the profits will take care of themselves. And on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, there's really no need to track myself against the overall market because I'm just focused on making good trades. And what I like to do with my portfolio, regardless if it's a bear market or a bull market, bear markets tend to have faster trades. You can't just you know, hold a, a short position. Maybe In some cases you can, but in, in general, it's very difficult to hold a short position for two or three months because you're going to get some nasty dead cat bounces usually along the way. And so usually my short positions only last like a few weeks max. Whereas my swing trades to the long side in a bullish market, they can last up to three months if I get into it right after the earnings report. I don't ever hold a swing trade through earnings. Most of you guys already know that. So it really caps how long I can hold a swing trade. But yeah, if I can hold it for three months, that's great. But my bullish positions tend to be held on to for a lot longer period of time than my bearish ones. But overall, let's say we're in a bull market. What I don't want to do is just say, hey, I'm 100% cash right now. It's a bull market. Let's go add 10 positions to the portfolio right now, 10% of my capital allocated to each one and have a full portfolio. No, I think that's what a lot of people do. They think that because they have the cash available, they need to utilize it right there and now. But that also creates an instant overexposure to where, okay, maybe it works out for you. But if you get some kind of crazy headline event or some kind of risk event that causes the market to sell off 3 or 4%, the next day, and it does happen from time to time in a bull market even, well, then all of a sudden, you just got 10 positions that are all taking a beating and probably more than 4%. It's probably taking like a 5 or 6% beating in your portfolio. That's something that I like to avoid. But what I like to do is build up my positions over time. I like to start with a couple positions, and as those improve, as I'm taking some profits off of those, I also like to add new positions to the portfolio. And ideally, I embrace the notion of having like 10 or 12 trades in my portfolio at once because I've taken profit in so many of them. Maybe I have a third of a position in XYZ and another third in ABC 
and another third in RST. And yes, I'm going through the alphabet here, just giving out random stock symbols. But those all represent trades that have gone very well for me and trades that don't have a lot of risk left in them because I've managed the profits so well along the way. I've already taken profits off the table. And now I'm just left with like a third or a quarter of a position, but I have a whole bunch of those in the portfolio that actually add up to something meaningful. So over time, I build up my portfolio in a bull market. And in the bear market, it's going to be the same thing. I'll start off with a one short position. And as that one increases in value, I will you know, start to take some profits in that. But also along the way, I'll add more positions to the portfolio as well. But ultimately in a bear market, you don't tend to get as many positions active at one time with that approach. And with that, Big Ed has got to make sure that he's being patient with himself, that he doesn't try to force himself out of the labor market too quickly. And if he does, have a side gig too that you're working on so that you can supplement your income with full-time trading. And in a bull market, I tend to have more positions open at once versus a bear market where I let the volatility do more of the work and heavy lifting for me. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I'd encourage you to leave me a five-star review. Those things really do mean a lot. If this podcast has meant anything to you over the years, definitely do that. I'm approaching my 300th episode, which I'm excited about. And make sure to keep sending me your emails, ryan at shareplanner.com. I read them, and I try to put almost all of them on the air. So keep sending them my way. Thank you, guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.